You are listening to Keep Canada Weird, a weekly weird news roundup by the Nighttime Podcast. Hello, listeners, and welcome back to the weekly Keep Canada Weird discussion series. If you're new here in Keep Canada Weird, my pal Aaron Airport and I seek out and explore some of the more offbeat Canadian news stories from the past week. In tonight's episode, which we recorded on the evening of December 11th, 2022, I think Aaron and I really deliver. Our discussion features a bad dog, a bad bear, a Quebec town under siege, and a baloney parade in Newfoundland. Let's get into it. Handsome Aaron Airport. Hello. You're freshly shaven. You look amazing tonight. Oh, thank you. Uh, I really appreciate that. I know you have high standards. Mm-hmm. Uh, you often send me uh, late night messages through email and text and sometimes phone calls complaining about my hygiene, my appearance. Mm. Um, so I decided to take some of your constructive notes mm. and I shaved my beard. Looks good. Beard shape. But you also did some of your hair. I grew it just a little bit since okay. you last saw me. Yeah. Okay. Well, Hardly noticeable, but you've got a keen no, eye. I've noticed. I can mm-hmm. definitely notice. No, it. the only reason I shaved my beard is because I was I was trimming it, and I messed it up. <laughs> How? Well, you know when you're like doing the edges, and then oh, this one's too low, so now I got to bring this one down. Okay. And then oh, I took a chunk out of there, and now I have to like try and see if I can salvage it, and then it just got all messed up. And so I was like, all right, I'm starting from scratch. And I'm going to shave completely. And over the holidays, I will regain my beard in its glorious, hairy goodness. Well, I'm rooting for you. Uh, I thought maybe the beard shaving was something to do with like the recent stories you've been doing about Santa Claus um, doing nasty things. In fact, there was a little incident in Cape Breton. Uh, you sent me a photo or that you received. It was a video, yeah. A video, a yeah. Of, I was uh, live on the scene. Of, oh, you were uh, yeah, so we, I was there. Yeah, I was me taking the video. So it was a Santa being it, it from someone who wasn't there. It looked to be Santa being escorted out of the mall by about thirty cops. Yeah, um, it was a parade of police officers walking down the mall with Santa Claus, mm-hmm. and it was just after we had recorded an episode, you know, about Santa Claus kind of being taken out by police and uh i thought it was quite fitting so i sent it to you right away it was an evocative um, image or video uh but it turns out it wasn't as bad as it looks this no wasn't... but it looked it looked really bad it looked like santa was protesting something and then they were there to kind of keep the peace and be ready to arrest him at any moment if he got out of control yeah it had that vibe but no what, yeah. what was it they were just like buying he was buying it was some for... kind of a organized event of some kind i don't know just some stupid thing. Something okay. stupid. Christmas, yeah. whatever. Um, kids. Kids were there. I don't want to put you on the spot. We got listener mail to get to, but I just want to open the floor, give you a platform, and just ask the question. Anything interesting going on? Have you gotten up to anything other than screwing up your beard and shaving it? Ah, uh, yeah. You know, I, 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 I have. <laughs> Do you want to share it? Yeah, sure. I'll share. Okay. I, um, I made brownies tonight. Ooh, like pot brownies or like actual ones? actual brownies yeah from scratch wow like mm-hmm. why i'm not i don't picture you a baker i don't know you as a baker uh no i'm not known as a baker by anyone including myself mm-hmm. but i decided um 
you know, to start trying it. So I tried it last week. I didn't talk about it on the show mm-hmm. because it didn't work out okay. last week. So I I made, I found a brownie recipe online, you know, mm-hmm. and uh, gave it a try. Did the recipe and start with like the life story of the person? You know, when you no. find recipes online, you got you read through like my mother. No, used to no, make this. it was posted by Anonymous. Have you ever heard of that group? Like the uh, hackers? Mm hmm. They just posted a brownie recipe. Yeah, here's a brownie recipe. Don't okay. ask, don't tell. Just make it. Yeah. Okay. Just make it and don't ask any questions. Eat it and be subservient. Okay. So, anyway, I, I made the brownies last week, but I used the wrong size pan. Mm hmm. I used a pan that was um, eight by eight when I should have used a nine by thirteen. Okay, so what, it turned out like cake or something. What would be the it problem? It turned out very battery, uh, okay. gooey, uh, to the point where I didn't even want to try them. So I threw them away, and I said I'll try again with a proper size pan. So I went out and got a nine by thirteen pan, and uh, tonight I gave it a whirl. It worked out pretty good. Okay, I had one, and. And it was good. Okay. Uh, it was very rich, uh, very, very rich. So I feel a bit like a whale right now, but um, that's it, okay. What makes it relevant to the show is we did talk about how the brownies are losing their name. Yeah, that's right. That's why I chose brownies Okay. to start off uh, my baking journey. Um, remind me to never ask you about your week again. Turns out when you do have something interesting, it's that you baked brownies twice and got a new pan. Yeah, yeah. Well, okay. next time I'll just say nothing. Thank you. Because that uh, is more interesting than the true story. <laughs> uh, we got some listener mail to get to. Yeah, this is, my favorite. This is Christine. Hi, Jordan and Aaron. This is Christine. I sent you the story on the peacock from Victoria last week, and I just wanted to clear up a few things. First of all, the peacock was a stray from Beacon Hill Park, which is a large park in the outskirts of Victoria on Vancouver Island. It has ponds and lots of sitting areas and a lot of gardens, playground. It's a very beautiful spot. There's a petting zoo that has goats and donkeys and various creatures that the kids can go pet. And there are lots of peacocks around that just free roam. So the peacock that was found had wandered a little too far from the park. And the gentleman returned it back to Beacon Hill Park where it belongs. Secondly, uh, the story on the ostriches in Tabor, Alberta. Uh, Ostriches are often used for meat, similar to duck or turkey or whatever. It's more like a red meat. So there are lots of farms around that uh, actually have many, many ostriches just to produce this meat. Thirdly, Aaron, I saw a post today that said, I don't know why olives aren't called Greece's pieces. I figured you'd get a kick out of that. Keep Canada weird, guys. Love the show. Thank you. I've never heard of ostrich meat. Uh, no. Maybe instead of brownies, I should have cooked up some ostrich tonight. Well, th- those things are huge. Could you imagine what an ostrich wing would look like or an ostrich breast? <laughs> I often wonder what an ostrich breast looks like. I'm going to sneeze. Oh, don't. Don't. No. I hit mute. Uh, the viewing audience uh, didn't have to. Hear I heard you. it though. Everyone, <laughs> it was real. It was real. Um, the yeah, I've never heard of ostriches being used as food. Apparently, it's true. She seemed quite confident in that. Also, well, everything can be eaten. Can't yeah, I guess so? Yeah, I guess you're right. And it's, it's 
Dude, I'm sure, you know what, to pick up for the ostriches, I'm sure they're loaded with nutrients and vitamins and and everything you'd need to stay alive. Mm. How dare you, actually? <laughs> and I've also never really seen like a public park full of ostriches <laughs> because they're big, scary things with crazy hoofs or crazy feet. And they even said in the news report, if I remember last week, with, with the ostriches getting loose, is that they could kill a human. Yeah, yeah. That's kind of scary. That's a precarious relationship the people of Victoria, I guess, have with ostriches in their parks. Mm, Kill or be killed in Ostrich Town. Uh, We also heard from Sarah in Tennessee. Okay. Hi, Jordan and Aaron. This is Sarah from Tennessee. No, I'm not calling to correct your pronunciation on any words. Um, I just get so annoyed with that. I wish people would just stop. And understand that things are pronounced differently in different areas that you guys might not be familiar with. But that's not the entire reason for my call. I just want to say that I love, love, love the fact that you guys hate Tim Hortons. I've hated Tim Hortons for 20 years. I'd never heard of it until I moved to Michigan from the South years ago. And everyone raved about, oh, Tim Hortons this, Tim Hortons coffee, Tim Hortons. I went to Tim Hortons, and I'm like spitting out the coffee. It's hideous. I don't, the sandwiches were terrible. I was just, I was appalled. I'm like, well, this would be like me going somewhere and raving about how great McDonald's is. I don't understand it. I've always hated it. And when I heard you guys talk about it the first time on the podcast, I was like, oh, this is like heaven. I finally found my people. So anyway, keep ragging on Tim Hortons. And oh, another question. I'm wondering, Handsome Aaron Airport. So just wondering why Handsome always precedes that. Is he really that handsome? Is there a story behind it? Just curious. Anyway, you guys keep up the good work. Love the show. Um, Keep Canada Weird is awesome. And I love the other shows too as well. Um, Have a great day. Bye. So a lot to unpack there. A lot to unpack, yeah. Let's um, start this could with be the rest of the episode we talk about. Just, <laughs> there's, there's just this voicemail. Let's start with Tim Hortons. We're glad you also hate it. We're it's it's really good to hear that support. A lot mm-hmm. of listeners rebel against our anti-Tim Hortons mm-hmm. campaign, and to those listeners, I say we know you all work for Tim Hortons, and that's mm-hmm. fine. Mm-hmm. Uh, but we are still going to take you down. Um, but it's really nice to have a listener call in and say, yeah, keep ragging on them. Fight the good fight. You know, Tim Hortons is garbage. Uh, complaining about their coffee and their food, that's that's easy. I think the more nuanced but also more um, powerful argument is against their marketing and their willingness to kind of attach themselves to Canadiana and try to, you know, trick people into believing that they're, mm-hmm. I don't know, are the godfathers of our country or something like that. That's kind of yeah, my Yeah, Tim Hortons beat. does not represent us anymore. Mm-hmm. Maybe at one point in time, 25 years ago. Let's address the Handsome Aaron Airport. I introduce you almost every night as Handsome Aaron Airport. Uh, yeah. Are you handsome? I would say yes, you are. That's really nice to say. Should we tell the listeners the real story as to why... Well, um, I don't know where the handsome part... We should tell them the story, but I don't know where the handsome came from. Well, I'll, I'll tell the story. Okay, go um, ahead, because I'm curious. And, well, actually, yeah. So here's here's as much as I know is where it came from. Um, to start off this story by saying, am I traditionally handsome? I don't think so. 
I think, uh, you know, I, I don't know. I don't, I don't think, but um, that's not why I call him, why we call me handsome on the show. <laughs> <laughs> the real reason is because when Jordan and I were in a band together called Airport, we came up with stage names for ourselves. So this might've been mentioned on the show before, but mm -hmm. not in great detail, but so we all, every member of the band wanted to have an airport kind of based stage name. So Jordan uh, was Jordan Bone Airport. Um, our drummer, Thomas Allen was Takeoff Thomas Allen. Our bass player, um, Donnie Calabrese was The Runway, Donnie Coolbreeze. And our other guitar player, Shane O'Hanley, who joined us sometimes, his name is Shane, and we called him Just Plain Shane, <laughs> and uh, that's my favorite one. And uh, and I was a lead singer, so I just wanted to be Handsome Aaron Airport, just because the handsome thing just made it flow better, I guess, the name. Yeah. <laughs> um, and it's more of a front man's name, I guess. So it was kind of just a tongue-in-cheek uh kind of thing so it has nothing to do with my actual appearance um my actual appearance uh may disappoint the listeners of the show yeah uh, i'd say just watch the live YouTube. don't watch the live stream just stick with don't watch the... the live stream just close your eyes and imagine this handsome... just the most rugged gorgeous <laughs> strong man that you could possibly imagine yeah super strong. behind a microphone very mm. strong powerful arms <laughs> um a carpenter like a swimmer's body but almost like a carpenter's shoulders kind of thing like mm. uh very lean but muscular uh so many things that you could imagine an amazing person looking like just mm -hmm. just do that don't ever watch the live stream ever <laughs> uh one last message. I'm not going to comment any further on your appearance. Um, one last mm -hmm. message. This information hasn't been vetted, but uh, I believe it to be true because I've heard this versions of this story from several people. This um, relates back to the body of the deceased man found in Moncton. The viewer, Wendy, says, hey, Jordan and Aaron. This may have already been resolved, but regarding the misidentification of the body in Moncton, I saw a news article that states the police took a picture of the deceased and they passed it around to different officers who all said it looked like the son of that poor woman. So they just went with it. No DNA, no dental, just RCMP agreeing that it must be this certain guy and informed the family. When the mom sent family to her son's apartment to pick up documents and belongings, they discovered he was alive and, well, asleep in his bed. Way to go, RCMP. Mm, so if yeah. that's if that's true, ooh, that's bad. That's a that's not a good light to shed on the RCMP and their practices and procedures of uh, identifying dead bodies. Yeah. That's scary to me. That's that was the coin flip, yeah, uh, and they lost that bet. Well, that's it for listener mail. Let's move into the story into the stories. Our job here is not to converse and communicate with listeners. It's not to talk about your appearance. We're mandated by Ramona Digilo, the Commander-in-Chief, Queen of Canada, to keep Canada weird. Tonight, we're going to do it uh, epically. we got a collection mm -hmm. of stories that, oddly enough, I didn't intend this, but it's a bunch of animal stuff. Other than, we have Newfoundland's Baloney Parade. Then we have a cow siege in Quebec. We have a bad dog. And we have a very bad bear. Let's get into it. Where do we start this? Yeah. 
Well, here's the thing. A lot of it is animal-based, like you say. Mm -hmm. So I feel like let's start with some animals and then let's sandwich it with, um, you know, the bologna. Oh, yeah. And then let's end on some animals. Or do you want to... Do you want to just run through the animals and then end on the bologna? Or, like, is bologna dessert? Like, what's, what do we I like do the, here? I like the idea of putting the bologna in the center. That just seems yeah, appropriate. Yeah, so it's a bologna sandwich, and the bread is the animals. Uh, let's start with the bad dog in Calgary. What do you think of that? He's a naughty dog. Yeah. Let's get into this. Last week, Calgary's Dave Murphy thought he was getting hacked. His credit card showed a number of purchases on his Sony PlayStation account that he didn't make. In fact, no person did. It was his dog, one-year-old Zoe, a lab shepherd cross. We have Dave on the line now. Good morning. Good morning. How are you? Good, thanks. It's great to have you. So take me back to the beginning. What kind of charges started showing up on your account? Uh, well, first of all, I work at home, and I have a one-year-old lab shepherd and who likes to... Uh get into things that are left alone. So this all started with things being very quiet. So I went to check on her and she had uh, did a number on one of my PlayStation controllers. Oh. Uh, buttons off, everything just ripped apart. So I'm like, oh, whatever. I have backups. So I just put it away. And uh, I go back to my desk and I get these email alerts start popping up. Thank you for your purchase. Thank you for your purchase. I'm like, oh, no, I've been hacked. Sure. So, uh, I go on there, I delete my credit card, I change my password, I put password protect on any purchases, and uh, I go on with support, and they're like, yeah, sir, this was ordered from your console. They confirmed the serial number. I'm like, this is impossible. It's just me and my dog here. (laughs) (laughs) So what are you thinking at that point? I I had no idea. So I, I go back downstairs and turn the PlayStation back on. Sure enough, it's in the... PlayStation Store, funny enough, on a game called Watch Dog. <laughs> of course it's called Watch Dog. <laughs> He's ordering all these clothing outfits, and I guess when she was gnawing away at the button, she just started purchasing and purchasing. And, so how, yeah, did, how did she manage to do it? I guess because I had everything just auto, right? If you just click the X button a number of times, you go right into the store and you just order and stuff. And I guess when she was chowing down on that X button, he started ordering, but they were nice enough to reverse everything, given the uh, bizarre circumstances. You, you think Zoe's thinking in that moment, you know, when he's holding this controller, he's ignoring me. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> it's a bad dog. Yeah. Oh, yeah, that's a bad dog. Um, yeah. He bought a bunch of outfits. That's a, like when you think of. Video games have changed so much. When we were kids, if you bought a video game, you bought a video game. Now, mm-hmm. and I, I brought my son in for this one because he bought, buys a lot of weird crap in games. But this dog, <laughs> oh, he just bought so a bunch cool. of, like, outfits. Um, well, you, yeah. What's something that a kid would want to buy within a game? Think of something, Dom. What have you bought recently in a game? I haven't bought anything in the game. Oh, I have not too long ago, but... um. You no in one of your games, don't you have a little cat that sits on your shoulder? Yeah, I did not pay for that. Okay. It just read a weird. Don't you? Didn't you buy a shirt that says "I love cats"? Yes, that took like two dollars. <laughs> <laughs> but this dog, what do you think the dog was doing? Was it getting after the owner? Was it just maybe the owner was eating something delicious and had like cheesy 
stuff on his fingers and it got on the controller, so the dog was chewing it off. I think he wanted it. We don't know what, but he... Yeah, I guess there's a lot of reasons a dog would want revenge on its owner, I think. Uh, what do you think, Aaron? Well, um, I have two trains of thought here about this. Uh, firstly, you know, uh, it's, it sounds really easy to be able to purchase something on somebody's PlayStation. Well, I, th I think the guy said that he had it set up for like instant purchases. See, like, you know, on Amazon, yeah. you can make like one click purchase. Um, but even still, even if it was set up for a one click kind of purchase by chewing on the controller, the unless there's way more to this story, the dog got the mm. console on, somehow got in like the store part of this specific game and started buying the same outfit for the game. Yeah, character. which leads me to my second train of thought is did somebody else in the household do this? And then blame it on the dog. Yeah, that's probably what's happening, eh? I think so. Mm, I think he, so. He's Because he made a point to be like, I live alone with my dog. He so, did make that point, but I don't believe him. Yeah. Someone in the chat, Thomas Gordon, says, oddly enough, the dog also ate his homework. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. That's yeah, a, I think, classic, uh, a classic, uh, you know, scapegoat that uh, people yeah. use is the dog did this or the dog did that. It's like, come yeah. on. And I think the Pia, the person at the PlayStation store who had him on the phone was just like, I'm not going to argue with this guy. Well, it's that person is trying to get fired, I think. And refunded it. Mm -hmm. no so they refunded it and they believed every, yeah, they just, they just ran it through, said, yeah, sure. Yeah. Um, yeah. I almost regret including this story because now that we say this, it's pretty obvious what's going on. It's extremely obvious. And this man should be embarrassed. He included the, in the CBC piece, that because what I played there, a clip from a CBC interview, he included photos of his dog, who was very cute, uh, on the ground with the PlayStation controller that was mangled. Uh, yeah. It must yeah. have been delicious. Uh, if this is all a big ruse, he sacrificed his controller to make it more believable. And you know what's also chewed up? His dignity. Mm hmm and my trust in humanity and yeah exactly um this dog may not be guilty uh, but let's move on to a group of animals that seem to be terrorizing rural quebec before tonight in these stories that we're talking about were you aware of the town in quebec that is literally under siege by a herd of cow i was not aware at all no okay this is completely nuts Listen to this, and then we'll talk about it. They are out there somewhere. The forests around the village of Saint-Sauveur, Quebec, are home, at least for now, to a troop of runaway cows, fugitives from Pierre Lapointe's farm. Lapointe says the story started on a stormy night in late July. Some of his cows were scared by thunder and lightning and knocked down a fence. 32 escaped, although that's a number that's growing. The point says the cows were almost all pregnant and some are having babies in the wild, two or three so far. Now, the cows seem to spend their days in the forest, basically hiding and venture out at night. They are a problem. The farmer who snapped these photos of the runaways says they've trampled his fields and cost him crops. One was even hit by a car. Local farms are now suing the cow's owner. They've done tens of thousands of dollars of damage, and as the weather's changed, they've started eating livestock feed at farms. This new hunting camera's made for deer. It's looking for cows. Just this past weekend, this whole area was set up sort of like a corral, and several of the animals were driven 
almost into it. They didn't quite make it in. They escaped again, and they were basically spooked. They haven't been back here since. There have been other attempts to catch the cows. A group of actual cowboys from a Western festival came close to getting them. The village's director general says the cows were corralled and moving, but got away in a tall cornfield. The hope now is for La Pointe's cows to be captured with traps. Feed stations are being set up. They put their head in to eat, but can't get their head out. There is, however, still the question of how to get them back to La Pointe's barn. They're becoming more and more wild and stronger. It's not just a matter of pulling them with a rope. La Pointe says if someone tries that, they're going to be pulled from one end of a field to the other on their behind. The news of saint Savelle's runaway cows has gone around the globe. The village's director general admits it's a strange one and says she'd probably find it funny too if it was happening somewhere else. It's kind of freaky, right? <laughs> yeah. I, I, freaky in what way? Like, why, why is that freaky? Uh, yeah, the idea that there is this herd of cows that get out of whatever their pen or the you know the fence is down so they all wander off these cows in a big group are hiding in the woods and they come out of the woods every so often in a big uncontrollable group usually at night and terrorize local farms by eating their crops messing with their supplies costing tens of thousands of dollars of damage and the longer they are out and in the woods the stronger they get and the more wild they get Mm -hmm. making it harder to get them. They've tried everything. They've tried corralling them, traps. They had these like professional cowboys come and try to, you know, do whatever cowboys do. And even the owner who is... Whatever cowboys do. Well, I don't know how they catch cows, but they, they do it. I, th I think maybe catching one cow is one thing, but if you've got a big group of them in the woods, that's probably pretty yeah. tough. And it's, of course, becoming winter. Um mm -hmm. But even the owner, as the article explained, he's being sued by neighboring firms. And he's like, you know, anyone goes near, anyone grabs me, they're going to pull you across the field on your butt. Like he knows he can't do anything. No, no. He's defenseless. I mean, the whole anything he could have done. The only thing he could have done would would do you have a fence that stays up. I know. They're going to call know. it. It's at the point where they're going to have to call in the military. And there's going to be, you know, soldiers on in jeeps flying around in the woods of quebec hunting and you know what i hope the cows win in the end mm -hmm. i hope they stay out i hope they survive i hope they avoid capture mm -hmm. and i hope they get stronger and stronger to the point where they completely control this town <laughs> it seems like it's, that's what's already happening now it's yes, been and going i fully on. support it you know what i you can't keep nature in a cage mm -hmm. this is what happens mm -hmm. and then when they get out it's it's they take over and they should this is the earth we're talking about here you know like we don't own it as as much as we'd like to think that we do and i really want these cows to really really go the distance on this you're rooting for them then and i want that i want other cows to take notice and oh. say we can too we can too imagine if these cows getting wilder and stronger they begin to, you know, uh, get attracted to other farms that have cows for mating purposes or maybe to get in the pens to eat the food and they start breaking down fences, thus releasing their numbers grow. This is mm -hmm. like the Walking Dead happening, cow-related uh, yeah, Walking yeah. Dead in Quebec. This is truly uh, 
This is truly a mad cow pandemic that is in the very early stages. Mm, I just want to see it. I just want to see movies made of this down the road if we survive, if we survive. (laughs) But Uh, the thing is, is that if the animals retake the earth, it's theirs to begin with, I think. And if they completely wipe us out, that's just the way it is. mm -hmm. We had a good run. We Uh, had a great run. We really did. So hitting a, a, a deer with a car is one thing could you imagine hitting a cow would you even move it no no i would just get out of my car and i would call a cab and i would never be seen again yeah it's like it would be like hitting a brick wall of meat and bones if i survived smashing into a cow like that's (laughs) who knows what damage would be done to me as well in the driver's seat i i just if i was if i'm able to walk away from that wreck yeah i just I'd be very thankful. Um, This is an interesting story. I have a feeling we will be revisiting this because it doesn't seem like those cows are going anywhere. And I'm certainly going to keep my ear to the ground with this one. Yeah, yeah. Again, go cows. Take back what's yours. Let's move on to the next story. This is a Christmas-related one. I didn't want to go nuts with the holidays this week because next week will be our holiday yeah. special. Absolutely. But this story, um, uh, because it doesn't immediately feature and star like Santa Claus or gift-giving, I thought it was good. But it does take place at a Christmas or holiday parade. Um, let me first ask, though. did you have? Do they have like a big holiday like Christmas parade in Sydney? Cape Breton, Nova Scotia? Uh, And if so, did it happen yet? I'm not the best person to ask that question to, but there was some controversy over the big Santa Claus parade this year in Sydney. Oh, I read that. There was debate about the route. It was was the route, yeah. Um, There was a lot of um, really negative feedback over the, the planned route of the parade this year. Well, I think it even got to the point. Did I read correctly that it got to the point of like death threats against some? Yes, it did. Yeah, there was a lot of extreme threats, um, you know, against the organizers of the parade, and and I think eventually it got rerouted back to its original route, (laughs) from what I remember correctly. But they won. Yeah. Well, I'm not. I'm not the person to ask about this. I did bump into a Santa Claus parade yesterday when I was. when I was driving around in my uh, neighborhood, okay. there was a, uh, it was just starting. It was like they were kind of parking all the vehicles and and uh, getting ready to go. And I drove past it and uh, I didn't care. Yeah, they had one in Halifax and we were going to go, but we opted not to. It's so cold. It's so packed. It's a nightmare. It's loud. It's full of inconsiderate people that are like smoking near me and parking is a nightmare and then even when the thing is over and you got to drive home it's like you have traffic everywhere to yeah and you're it. mostly seeing just like poorly decorated trucks driving by yeah exactly like uh, just like a fire truck with some tinsel on it or something and then just like you know what just have me show up for 30 seconds have santa claus roll by on his stomach and then and i'll consider that a win well the reason i brought up christmas and santa and holiday parades and all this stuff 
is because of a story out of St. John's, Newfoundland. Um, there's no secret that if your phone number starts with 709, you do things a little different. Newfoundland has done um, has carried more than their weight in the battle to keep Canada weird. Uh, when it comes to their Christmas parade, they don't slack off there either. Oddly enough, the star of their Christmas parade is not Santa. It's a large baloney mascot. Hmm. Uh, I don't know if everybody listening will even know what baloney is. It's maybe just... Oh, actually, well, most people should know what baloney is. Do they? Okay. Uh, it's, you, I don't know how like synonymous it most is. Most people are East full Coast. of baloney. That's true. Um, let me tell you the story of the baloney mascot that upstages santa every year at the saint john's christmas parade kids and adults alike waved cheered and scrambled to get selfies with the star of the annual christmas parade in downtown saint john's newfoundland on sunday morning but it wasn't the man in red they were after their man suit was a mild intestinal pink the maple leaf foods mr big stick mascot is a waving walking cylindrical stick of baloney complete with a top hat, which has been a staple in the city's parade for over 25 years. According to the meat company, Mr. Big Stick is unique to Newfoundland, and the St. John's Parade is his main regular gig. Uh, Galen Gulliver, a spokesperson for Downtown St. John's Business Association, said it's tough to pin down exactly why the Big Stick mascot is such a draw. I think that it's just so random and ridiculous, she said during an interview. He's a baloney man with arms and legs, and it's just really funny. She says she's never imagined she'd spend so much of her career fielding questions about a person dressed up as a tube of processed meat. Maple Leaf doesn't track baloney sales by province, but the company said in a recent email that Atlanta, Canada is by far the, lar the largest consumer of its big stick product. The mascot has been around since 1987 and has been taking part in the Christmas parade for over 25 years. Maple Leaf Foods recognizes the affinity, love, and nostalgia that Newfoundlanders have for Big Stick as it is unofficially part of the fabric of Newfoundland, which could help explain why adults with no children regularly head to the parade just to high-five a, a, a man in a baloney costume. He's become nothing short of a phenomenon. There's t-shirts, Christmas ornaments, keychains. There are so many pictures that are taken of him. Though Maple Leaf said the reception each year makes the man in the baloney suit feel like a rock star, his, ident his identity is kept quiet. And that's by his choosing, Gulliver said. He loves playing Mr. Big Stick, but he's a shy, quiet guy who doesn't want the personal attention. He's a baloney of few words. <laughs> okay. So... Here's, you know, here we go. <laughs> here we go. <laughs> so we did an episode a few weeks back on the Brownies, right? Yeah, changing their name. Changing their name. Mm -hmm. You know, it was deemed, you know, culturally insensitive, mm -hmm. inappropriate, whatever. Okay, where are you going so, with this? So we talked a lot about that. So you have a mascot here that children take their pictures with and, and is the star of the Santa Claus parade, you know, a wholesome activity in St. John's Newfoundland. And this mascot's name is Mr. Big Stick. So how has Mr. Big Stick survived all this time without somebody saying, I 
don't think our children should be getting their pictures taken with Mr. Big Stick. Mm, and if you look at the image of him, as I just it was, looks more. It looks like Mr. Just, just say phallic. It has a phallic appearance. Mr. Phallic appearance is <laughs> his name. Uh, he even has like just the shape of his head and the. No, he grin. looks like okay. I just do. I want to say what he looks like, but it's just, just like, say it. Just say it. Are okay, you... he looks like a penis with a condom on. <laughs> he does. Yeah, he does. He looks like he's a mascot in a safe sex class, like in junior high. It's like, okay, everyone, you know, we're gonna have a, a special presentation here by Mister Big Stick, who's gonna tell you all about safe sex and how to fall in love. <laughs> This is wild, Mr. Big Stick. Oh man. <laughs> and this has been going on for years. And no, everyone years. is okay. This this he looks like a penis. He is a walking penis whose name is Mr. Big Stick. Where are the police? Santa Claus <laughs> has been arrested over and over again. But Mr. Big Stick what he he roams the streets completely free to touch and feel whatever he wants. This is madness. He, this is worse than the cows. The cows mm -hmm. are wandering and destroying all this property. Mr. Big Stick is completely trampling over the innocence of an entire province. <laughs> Unbelievable that this exists. Oh, only in Newfoundland is everyone okay with this. And and then, uh, like, uh, it took a dark turn with your explanation there. But then considering the fact that the man inside's identity is a closely guarded s secret. No wonder. If you had to walk around dressed up as a penis named Mr. Big Stick, no one would want their name known. Nobody would want their identity public. It's like they have to force this guy to do it. It's like, oh, he's shy. He doesn't, you know, but Big Baloney wants their, wants their penis mascot walking down the street in a Santa Claus parade. So they have to hire somebody who's anonymous to do it. Of course he's anonymous. Hmm. This is completely insane. Um, in... Uh, I hate to call back to the chat, but J9 Mac, uh, like I, I said, only in Newfoundland could this happen. We have to consider that Newfoundland is the town with a is this province with a major city called well major major town called Dildo. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's really beating it. Over it's the head. Uh... oh, I said that. <laughs> <laughs> wow, Mister Big Stick. Thanks a lot. <sighs> all right, let's move on. We could go all night with this guy, but there's something that needs our attention. And that is, uh, we, we've talked about the horrors of cows and what they can do. Uh, we've long heard about black bears and the havoc that they can uh, bring upon people, but it's worse than you may know. You consider that you may run into a bear when you're like, you know, deep in the woods hiking and maybe you get in between a mother and a mother bear and the baby bear and, you know, you find yourself in harm's way. But in Nanaimo, B.C., the bears have seemed to up the ante. I want to tell you the story about a very bad bear that raised the bar by not only a, uh, not only being a, a threat in the forest, he's breaking into people's houses while they're home. Listen to this. An early Saturday morning break-in at this Nanaimo home by some unusual culprits. A mama black bear burglar and her two cubs 
caught on camera, sneaking in through a doggy door. With a great deal of effort, she wriggled herself through a 9x16 pet door opening. Unbelievable. Greeted by a startled couple and their daring dog inside. And she just pried that and gnawed at it. Jacqueline and Michael Kellum were woken up by their eight-year-old dog, Molly. She started barking very frantically, like in a way we haven't actually heard her bark before. Jacqueline then left the bedroom to investigate. And there was a bear, mama bear, right there, right in front of me. So I screamed bear and turned around hightail it back into the bedroom. In a hurry, Michael called 911 and after a few minutes of silence, he left the bedroom to survey the damage right. before realizing the mama bear was still in the house. I could hear some very loud snuffling noises coming from our back hall, so I hightailed it back down to the bedroom. With police on their way, it wasn't long until the furry family made a quick and speedy escape out the same way they had come in. No bears. Nothing. Except a big gaping hole where our pet door used to be. The unwanted guests with no intention to clean up after their short stay. Claw marks on the couch, bags ripped open, fruits partially eaten and left discarded on the kitchen floor. BC Conservation officers have now set up a bear trap near their home on the outskirts of Nanaimo. So I was able to, to cut the wood and leave kind of a beveled edge. So While the Kellums taking extra protective measures. We are locking everything currently and will for the foreseeable future. Mm -hmm. Good thing too, since this bear seems to have taken a liking to this little Nanaimo family, even coming back that same night to check in on them. Yeah, I'd be pretty freaked out finding a bear in my house, but I think I would think I was dreaming or something. I couldn't imagine just walking into my kitchen and a bear looking at me. It'd be one thing to see a mouse or a rat, but a big black bear? Ay, ay, ay. Yeah, it doesn't get worse than that in terms of animals that can break into your home. Yeah. I don't really know how I'd react. I'd, I I know I would book I'd it out of there. I just try to shut whatever door I can and, and, and call authorities to come and rescue me. Well, a door isn't going to prevent. If the bear wants to get you and you go into your bedroom and shut your bedroom door. Well, what would you do? I guess I'd climb out a window hell, get out of the window after that. Yeah, I'd yeah. Run out the I front would, door. I would at least put out some kind of... Well, I mean, if I thought I could make it without getting clawed and mauled to death by the bear... It would all depend on what room he's in when I see him and the configuration of, of how many meters to the door, how close am I to the bear, do I have another escape route? You yeah, know, there's so know many what... so many uh, variables to, to consider. I guess the good thing would be the bear would be so distracted by all the food in your kitchen that as long as you didn't do anything stupid, you could probably just get out of there. You could probably I've... just tiptoe out, I think you'd be fine but but this is a wild animal so who knows like if you get near it maybe the bear thinks you're coming for its food and yeah and takes a chunk out of you or just lay go. down and play dead immediately <laughs> just, just lie down in your living room and be like i'm dead <laughs> uh the, people who are listening don't get to see the video but this this is a large bear who managed to squeeze his way through a little doggy door i I don't know if I saw this, if I had a doggy door on my house, I think I'd be considering boarding it up at this point. Yeah, I would never have a doggy door. I'm sure lots of people do, but I would always be nervous about other things other than the dog getting through that door. Even cold air. I had a, my yeah, old house, yeah. I, I had a mail slot, like, you know, like a little door that mm -hmm. opened and you slide the mail through. 
And in the winter, I used to fill it with styrofoam because it's like you would go near my front door and you would feel like the cold breeze hitting you. Yeah, well, even with that, I'd be worried about somebody throwing firecrackers in there or something. Peeing in it because it would be like... Well, yeah, you always have to worry about pee. Yeah, Um, but the doggy door, maybe not a great idea. The the I don't know if you... (laughs) If you, I can't quite put put it in words, but the man in that article, the homeowner, he was a bit odd. He was the most peculiar part of the story. I found. <laughs> I thought so too. He and was the, he was overly articulate and like he was narrating the entire thing. Yeah, and there was one line he had at the end where he's like, something about uh, we'll be we'll be keeping everything locked tight for the foreseeable future. For the foreseeable future. Kind of a beveled edge. So While the Kellams taking extra protective measures. We are locking everything currently and will for the foreseeable future. Mm-hmm. It just the way he said it, he's, it comes across as... Uh, he strikes me as like a community theater actor who like, he's always <laughs> driving his wife crazy. And this is like, he's considering this bear breaking in to be his big break he's like i'm going to be on the news and he's like doing vocal warm-ups in the bathroom <laughs> like a big black bug bit a big black bear and the big black bear bled blue black blood okay i'm ready with a great deal of effort she wriggled herself through a 9 by 16 pet door opening unbelievable oh uh, yeah he was something he even had a weird look and when he's uh in when they're filming him in his living room he's holding like this little dog wearing a sweater which is just an odd thing yeah. to hold yeah i can see his wife smothering him to death some some night <laughs> um i don't know why i just i picture that's how he dies we'll see hopefully it's not a black bear in his well, we'll house get the, man we'll get the update that would be well what would they know let's say if the black bear did tear one of you apart Oh, man. I'm just picturing his reaction to, like, his wife being mauled in the kitchen by a bear. Like, no, do not. Do (laughs) not hurt my wife. No, please don't hurt my wife. Ay, ay, ay. What a situation. But uh, they got to catch that bear. Bears can't be climbing in people's house. In Nanaimo, like, I don't know where they live in Nanaimo, but... I I picture that to be, like, a city, right? But I'm sure that... Well, in my mind, I've never been to Nanaimo, but... I picture there being a lot of bears around there. Okay. Well, I guess, yeah. But good on the bear for getting through that doggy door. What and the... I think the bear deserved every cookie he ate that night. I wonder if it was the, like the doggy door, there would be, like I said, with my mail slot, there would be flow of air in and out. I wonder if like they cook something delicious for supper and some of the air and the fumes were coming out through the doggy door. The bear yeah. caught wind of it. And that's what, you know, he stuck his nose in there and he's like, this smells delicious. And well, I'm worried now that I made brownies tonight that I'm going to have a bear in my kitchen <laughs> eating my brownies. Yeah. If you hear a, like your cat meowing like crazy, don't go downstairs. Get away from my brownies, please. <laughs> I made those with love. Please do not eat my brownies. That's my second attempt at making them. <laughs> that's a new pan stop it bear <laughs> well i think our, our work here is done i think we found the right stories to um, portray canada in the right light which is the weird one i think we did it next week though uh we really gotta put a show on because it will be our both our year-end show well it won't be our year-end show it'll be our christmas show holiday show, whatever we want to call it, but it'll be the last one, our last episode of the year because we're going to take mm-hmm. the week of the holidays off and come back with our year-end special on the first week of January. Um, 
I don't want any spoilers, but have you come across many Christmas related stories that you're like, you know, this is going to be big? Like, how good is this going to be? Um, this is going to be probably, you know, a lot of people think about different holiday specials or movies that they watch every year, right? Mm-hmm. Elf. Uh, National Lampoon's Christmas National Vacation. National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation, Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer, the claymation version. Um, these At- are all holiday traditions for people. I think after next week's Keep Canada Weird Christmas special, they're going to replay that special every year for the rest of their lives. Well, yeah. we got we got to go prepare for that. Aaron? We do, yeah. We have a lot to live up to. So Until next time. Jordan, until next time, go grab a brownie. Have one for me. I'm going to eat a brownie for you. And then tomorrow I'm going to go to the grocery store and get a stick of bologna. Mmm. Disgusting. Gross. Evocative. Mmm. I want to thank you for helping Aaron and I fulfill our mandate to keep Canada weird. But let us call on you for even more support in this mission. If something unusual happens in your town, let us know. And the best way to do it is by sending a voice memo to us at nighttimepodcast.com contact. We hope to hear from you. But before we part here, let me give thanks. A big thanks to Aaron for sharing another evening with me and with you, the listeners of Nighttime. Shout out to the internet's favorite cult leader, Unicole, who supplies this series intro and outro voiceovers. And lastly, but most importantly, a massive thank you to everyone who listens to Nighttime, as without your interest and your support, this show would be as pointless as it would be impossible. But with that said, keeping the show alive is and has always been an uphill battle. So if you want to help take a bit of weight off the show's back, make sure you listen on the premium feed. And not only does the premium feed fund the creation of the show, it'll give you more of each topic than you'll find here on the free feed as I'm adding exclusive content regularly and maintain a full back catalog of nighttime episodes only on the premium feed. So for about the price of a cup of coffee, help keep Canada weird at patreon.com slash nighttime podcast. And with that said, let me thank the newest subscribers, Carol, Shannon, and Brittany. Thank you for going premium. And for anyone else who'd like to support the show but can't do it by way of a premium feed subscription, you can give me a big hand by simply sharing this episode on social media and letting some like-minded friends know what we're doing here. If you have any story ideas, want to give feedback on the show, or would like to contribute a voice memo to be aired and responded to in an upcoming episode, you can do all that and more at nighttimepodcast.com. We hope to hear from you. But until then, take care of each other, hug your loved ones tight, and let us know if you see anything weird. The Nighttime Podcast is written, hosted, and produced by Jordan Bonaparte. Copyright Jordan Bonaparte. There's so many names you could have come up with other than Mr. Big Stick. Like, sure, okay. You know, we know he's a baloney mascot. <laughs> You're not done. Right? No, <laughs> yeah. I'm not done. So we know he's a baloney mascot. So we're very clear in the marketing of Mr. Big Stick that he's a baloney mascot. So why can't he just be Mr. Baloney? Mm. Or why can't he be Bill Baloney? Or, you know, like, why does why do they have to call him Mr. Big Stick? Nobody looks at baloney in the grocery store and says, I'm going to buy that stick of baloney. They just say, I'm going to buy baloney. 
right? No one mm. says it's a stick of baloney. So why does the name of the mascot have to be so specific about him being Mr. Big Stick? He's just Mr. Baloney. And then once point. you say that name, it's like, okay, I don't think about penis anymore when I look at him. I think <laughs> about baloney, right? <laughs> Right? Because I know he's baloney. But when I see Mr. Big Stick and it's like, oh, who's that? That's Mr. Big Stick. Oh, that walking penis is Mr. Big Stick? Yep. 